Today I want to uh, talk to you uh, about the flip side of the message that we dealt with last week. Last week we talked in, about in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 1 through 6 about the high calling of a Christian woman and her responsibility in her marriage is essentially one of uh, submission, one of uh, respect for her husband, and now it's the husband's turn. And so uh, there's a quote I wanted to read to you from Robert Graves, and he made this statement. I want to see if you agree with this or not. He said, the supply of good women far exceeds that of the men who deserve them. And uh, I think that uh, you ladies might agree with that, and uh, you wise men might agree as well. But take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. I think a second ago I said 1 Peter chapter 2, but 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 7 to get a, uh, an idea of the entire context of what Peter's talking about in the realm of marriage. He says, in the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also, who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you have become her children if you do what is right, without being frightened by any fear. And this next verse is what we'll focus on today. You husbands in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. And so the instruction today is for you men and you ladies, you can uh, just tune all of this out. This has an understanding way. And uh, that is the command given to men with your wife in an understanding way. And so Peter turns his discussion from wives to husbands, and he says, you husbands, in the same way. So the area of discussion is the same as in verses 1 through 6. The idea is one of a relationship where there's one person who submits to another. And so if you go back and you look at the structure of 1 Peter, back in chapter 2, he talks about how we should submit, all of us should submit to the civil authorities in our lives. It doesn't mean that Donald Trump is more loved by God than, than God loves you. It's not that at all. It doesn't mean that uh, the Supreme Court or the members of Congress are somehow more valuable in God's eyes than, than you are. You are of equal worth. We're all of equal worth to God. God has created each one of us uniquely, but he's given us different roles to play in this life. And so when it comes to our relationship with the civil government, with our leaders, um, we are to have an attitude of submission. 
And so we submit in that function to uh, our civil government. Likewise, in the workplace. That's the next thing that Peter talks about. He says, you masters and slaves. He gives some directions to the masters and slaves. The slaves are to submit to their masters. Well, we don't have slavery per se like uh, they did back then or even in our own country 150 plus years ago. Um, But in our context, we do have employees and employers. And so in the workplace, you who are employees should have an attitude of submission. Submission is not only obedience, but it also includes a heart attitude that says, uh, I'm willing and, and joyfully desire to accept the uh, instruction of those that are over me. And so we submit to our employers. And now he takes this same principle of submission in relationships to the idea of marriage. And in marriage, what Peter says essentially is that the husbands are to be the leader of the home and the wife is to submit to the husband. This doesn't mean what our modern society says. Well, it just means that you you husbands, you just you think you Christians think that husbands can just beat their wives. No. That you can just put your thumb down on your wives. You don't want your wife to be everything that that she can be. No, it doesn't mean that at all. But it means that in marriage there is a leader of the home and it's the husband. The wife is instructed to submit to the servant leadership and the love that her husband provides. And so it's the same area of discussion. Peter does not here say that the husband should submit to the wife. He never says that. In fact, Scripture never says that. Why shouldn't that be so? Why shouldn't husbands submit to their wives? Because God has created a head of the household, and it is the husband. And as the head of the house, God has appointed husbands a much more difficult responsibility. Now, you wives might, might want to disagree with that. You, might, you wives might say, oh, you don't know what it's like to live in submission to a man. It's much more difficult. Uh, but I would submit to you that there is a more difficult task. As difficult as it may be to submit to someone else who may not always treat you the right way, and that can be a challenge, I know. It is much more challenging to do what Peter says you husbands should do. And it is this phrase. Live with your wife in an understanding way. I would submit to you that for men, it is a great challenge to understand their wives and but it is a challenge that we have and a command we have from God literally this verse says these words live together with your wife according to knowledge live together with your wife according to knowledge what knowledge does a man need to live together with his wife as God intends Well, here's the knowledge that you need, men. 
It's any knowledge that is beneficial to your relationship with your wife. I'll give you some practical examples. You should have, men, knowledge of God's purposes and principles for your marriage. You need to understand a few things. And I'm going to spout these off very quickly. Please take note of them. Number one, you need to know what God's purpose for your marriage is. Do you understand what God's purpose for your marriage is, men? If I were to say to you, God's purpose for my marriage is fill in the blank. What would you say? Well, maybe you'd say, well, God's purpose for my marriage, well, it's for me to be happy. No. God, I think, does want you to have a happy marriage, but that's not the purpose for your marriage. God's purpose for my marriage, well, it's, it's for me to make my wife happy. No, not exactly. God's purpose for your marriage is that your marriage would glorify Him. Above all else, men, you need to understand that your purpose in marriage, the purpose for your marriage, is to glorify God. Another principle that we find in God's Word, marriage is a lifelong commitment. Marriage is not a commitment that lasts as long as you're happy. No. Marriage is not a commitment that lasts as long as she doesn't irritate you. No. Marriage is a lifelong commitment. And if you are uh, ever at the point where you have the opportunity to marry and either one of you is not ready to say, I'm going to stick through this through thick and thin, no matter what happens. Absolutely no matter what. Even if the worst thing in the world happens, I will not get a divorce. Unless you have that attitude, I would submit that you're not ready for marriage. Both of you need to have that attitude. Because the alternative to that attitude is... Well, I might get a divorce. If things don't go this way or that way, I might get a divorce. And if you're heading into marriage and you're thinking you have divorce as an option in the back of your mind, I would say that you don't truly understand that principle from God's Word. Marriage is a lifelong commitment. Likewise, as I've mentioned, marriage is not to end in divorce. God hates divorce. Marriage also demands sexual purity. It demands purity within the marriage. And so there cannot be uh, anything going on outside of your marriage with regard to sexuality. Not only do you need to understand and have knowledge of God's principles for your marriage... But also, men, you need to have knowledge of your wife. Knowledge of your wife. What are your wife's desires in life? In marriage, with the kids or the grandkids? Have you talked about it? What are her goals? What are her frustrations? What are her strengths? 
what are her weaknesses? You need to have knowledge of your wife, an understanding of your wife. I think uh, someone listed the top five needs of wives, and I would agree with these in general. Number one, unconditional love and acceptance. Men, you've got to love your wife as she is. Well, my wife's not perfect. Nope, she's not. You've got to love her as she is, just as she is. Your wife needs emotional intimacy and communication. This is the hard one for men. Emotional intimacy. It's much easier to accept an imperfect wife than it is to be communicative, to be emotionally intimate. That doesn't come naturally for us guys, but we've got to get past the tough exterior, and, and we can understand that within the marriage relationship, there can be vulnerability. You can be vulnerable with your wife and emotionally intimate. She needs that. Spiritual intimacy. I think we saw a degree of that in the video that we watched with the couple that gets up and they pray together. That's a good thing. Encouragement and affirmation. Your wife needs encouragement and affirmation. Uh, she needs to be your cheerleader, but guess what? You need to be hers as well. You need to back her up and affirm her. When she thinks things aren't going right, you need to say it's going to be okay. When she thinks that I can't do anything right, I'm just upset about this or that or the other, she, she needs you to be right there for her and encourage her. And finally, she needs companionship. She needs you to be a friend. She needs you to be her best friend, her very best friend. And so it's, it's good to have fun together and uh, hang out together. How do you gain all of this knowledge about your wife? Well, you gain knowledge of God's principles by studying God's Word, getting involved in church, listening to what teachers of God's Word have to say. But you gain knowledge of your wife by maintaining regular, unhurried, private times with her. That's a challenge these days. There's a million distractions. There's a million reasons to be involved in something else. And it takes effort. It may take getting out your calendar and blocking off a period of time so that you can devote that time to being with your wife. Now, the reason you should live with your wife in an understanding way is because of her nature. Scripture spells this out. Men, you should live with your wife in an understanding way. How? Through knowledge of God's principles and knowledge of your own wife. Why? Why should I live with my wife in an understanding way? Why should I do that? Because of her nature. Look at this verse carefully. Verse 7 again. You husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker. She is someone weaker. Some of your translations say she's a weaker vessel. We who are husbands need to keep in mind that we should not take advantage of any weaknesses in our wives. That's something we can, we can do pretty easily. And what kind of weaknesses am I talking about? You know, in what ways might a wife be weaker than her husband? Well, usually men are physically stronger than their wives. There's the physical weakness. Um, that, that we can account for. And you need to make sure that even though you may be stronger, taller, bigger, 
all of that, guys, uh, that you do not use your physical strength as a means of intimidation, certainly not as a means of any kind of abuse. That's out of bounds. And you cause yourself a lot of problems if you uh, go that route. And so live with her in an understanding way, keeping in mind that she is weaker physically, but also men are usually not as emotionally sensitive as their wives. And this can be a strength or it can be a weakness. Having a, having a woman, having a wife who is emotionally very sensitive, that can be a great strength because she can pick up on things that us guys might miss. But it also can be a weakness because it means that wives are often more likely to be deeply hurt by conflict in marriage, especially when that conflict is caused by an inconsiderate husband. And if uh, you're anything like me, you've got plenty of practice at being inconsiderate and just uh, not thinking twice about something, about how words might come across or even tone might come across. You have to be careful. And so uh, understand that your wife is more emotionally sensitive that you might cause her to be hurt. In the context of this passage, dealing with submission to authority in marriage, um, the context tells us that there's one other area in which wives are weaker than their husbands. A wife is weaker in terms of authority within marriage. She's the one, specifically, if you look at the context, she's the one that is placed in a weaker position. Just like you might be in a totally different scenario, if you were to walk up to the White House and demand entrance, well, it might be a little bit different than the president doing that. One of you has authority to get into that house. The other does not. And your marriage men understand that your wife, if she's a godly wife, is submitting to your authority. Don't take her submission to your authority in marriage as a means to walk around I wear the pants in this family listen if you got to tell everybody you wear the pants in the family you really don't I mean uh, you shouldn't have to say it it should be understood because of your wife's submission and because of your gentle servant leadership in the marriage and so Peter's directing us husbands that might be tempted to misuse our authority as the head of the house for selfish ends that that we should use our authority to give honor to our wives. Listen, if you are in a position of authority in any situation, at work or in the government or at home or wherever, if you're in a position of authority, you have the opportunity to use that for selfish means. And if you do, you're putting yourself in a very bad spot. Don't do that. We've seen our government officials use their authority for selfish means. And we don't like it, do we? We as taxpayers and we as the, those that, that are in submission to them, we don't like it when those in authority over us lord it over us or are selfish with it. And so if we don't like it when it comes to us being in submission to our government 
then, and you certainly wouldn't like it at your workplace if you work for someone else and your boss uses his authority to promote himself at your expense. You wouldn't like that at all. Then don't do it in marriage. So men, if God has placed you in authority in marriage, and he has, don't use your authority in marriage to just get your way all the time. Use your authority in marriage to show honor to your wife to show honor to your wife the second aspect that we read about in verse 7 is not only that she is someone weaker it also says since she is a woman now this should be obvious to us and we I, but i don't want to gloss over something just because it's obvious literally this verse calls your wife the feminine one it says it literally says not only as she is someone who is weaker, someone who is a weaker vessel, but also she is the feminine one. That's literally what it says. She's the feminine one. Peter is emphasizing something very unique about womanhood here. He's saying that there's something unique, wives, about your life as a woman. Now, men have all sorts of views about women. And sometimes it's difficult for men to understand women. And you can probably see why when I read some of these quotations from people in history. Socrates said, by all means marry. If you get a good wife, you'll become happy. If you get a bad wife, you'll become a philosopher. I like that from Socrates. W.C. Fields, this is not one that you want to quote very often, men. Uh, but it shows you how difficult men sometimes have in understanding women. He said, women are like elephants to me. I like to look at them, but I wouldn't want to own one. Lyndon B. Johnson said, I've learned that only two things are necessary to keep one's wife happy. First, let her think she's having her way. And second, let her have it. And Lee Trevino, the great golfer of some years ago said my wife tells me she doesn't care what I do when I'm away as long as I'm not enjoying it and so all throughout history men have had some difficulty understanding their wives but the Bible says that the fact that a wife is a female the wife's femaleness if I want to make up a, a word that very fact should elicit honor from her husband guys you need to honor your wife simply because she is a woman she's a woman i wonder of uh, the men here how many of us have a daughter and uh, you may remember her growing up and um, maybe back then she was a daddy's girl and you you need to remember that your wife is just as precious as that little girl that crawl up on your lap and give you a sweet kiss on the cheek. Your wife is just that female. Just as female as your little daddy's girl. And so there's an extra measure of care, an extra measure of protection, an extra measure of provision to the best of your ability. And so treat your wife with all the respect and the honor 
that you want your daughter to be treated by her husband one day. And that might put it in terms that we can better understand because there's not a dad in here who wouldn't uh, defend his daughter to the nth degree uh, should she come across some guy that wasn't treating her right. So, you husbands in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman. And we've addressed this a little bit already, but Scripture makes it explicit. Show your wife honor. The verse continues, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Show your wife honor. What does that mean? To give honor to your wife means that you attribute the value to your wife that God believes that she has. Think about what God thinks about your wife. What does God say about your wife? Here's some things God says about your wife. God says that your wife is beautiful. God says that your wife is valuable. How valuable? So valuable that Jesus died on the cross for your wife. God says that your wife is precious. God says that your wife is sacred. What about her makes her sacred? Everything about her makes her sacred. Here's a good rule of thumb. If God made your wife a certain way, that part of her is sacred. So your wife's body is sacred. Your wife's personality is sacred. Everything that God has given your wife is sacred. Her family background, she can't control where she came from. Neither can you. But everything that makes you, you guys, that's sacred to God. And everything that makes your wife, her, that's sacred to God as well. Think about everything that God has, that God thinks about your wife. That is the kind of attribution that you need to give your wife. And so saying things like, well, that's just dumb to your wife that may be out of bounds she may be wrong on whatever you're discussing you may have a different opinion if I were to guess most likely you're the one that's wrong guys but put downs insults hurtful words we need to put those things aside and we need to be more willing and more able to express to our wives and express to others the attributes that God sees in our wife. And so give her kind words and affirming words in private when no one's looking. Give her kind and affirming words in public when others are looking. You need to seek your wife's advice as someone who gives wise counsel. Guess what, guys? Your wife is on your team. With very few exceptions, your wife is on your team. She wants the best for you. She wants the best for your family, your kids, grandkids, all the way through. So y'all are on the same team. How good is a football team when you've got two offensive linemen who are arguing with each other? 
not real good those guys better be on the same page and so should you and your wife get on the same page listen when she gives advice because she's coming from a different perspective from a perspective that god has given her and you need that perspective make your wife a high priority when you choose how to spend your time and your money gentlemen and when your wife needs help give her help a lot of times i've found that when a wife needs help she really just wants to be listened to there may not be something to fix but she needs to be heard and that's the kind of help that she needs and if she needs you to fix something she'll certainly let you know eleanor roosevelt said any husband who really cares for his wife will naturally help her in any way he can and i think that's true and gentlemen you are to honor your wife because she is what scripture says a fellow heir of the grace of life honor her as a fellow heir of the grace of life i've made it pretty clear that scripture indicates that husbands are to be the leaders of the home but peter says gentlemen you got to understand she is a co-heir of salvation with you she is in no way any less than you wives are equal to husbands in their importance and worth and so when it comes to who we are there is an equality there in god's eyes show her honor why so that your prayers will not be hindered Verse 7 concludes, Show honor as a, heir, as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. I want to explore this for just a second so that you really understand, gentlemen, what's going on here. On the surface, you can probably see that if you fail to show honor to your wife, well, that will disrupt your relationship with God. And that's absolutely true. But it says that we are to honor our wives so our prayers will not be hindered that's a passive voice you know what passive voice means passive means something is happening to us it doesn't say show honor to your wife so that you don't hinder your prayers it doesn't say that it essentially says so that someone else doesn't hinder your prayers so that your prayers aren't hindered by someone else and i want to ask the question who if i don't show honor to my wife i get it that my prayers will somehow be hindered but who is hindering my prayers it's not me that's hindering my prayers if it was it would say so that you don't hinder your prayers maybe maybe it's the devil maybe if i don't honor my wife the devil hinders my prayers i don't think that's it either and i'll explain why in just a second you see i think if i don't honor my wife my prayers will be hindered by god god will be the one who won't listen why why do i think that's true here's the way it works in marriage let's say you get crossways with your wife and you don't show her the honor that you 
uh, need to show her, that God says you should show her. And then later on in the day, there's something you need to pray about. And you pray about it. And there's silence from heaven. It's like you're talking to the ceiling. God's not listening. That prayer never made it. That should be a warning to you. If God is not hearing your prayers, gentlemen, that should be a warning that maybe there's something wrong in the marriage that you need to address. Do you think the devil would do that? Do you think the devil would somehow give you an indicator that you need to fix your marriage? I don't think he would. I think the devil would love for you to continue to have a marriage that is unhealthy and destructive. But God doesn't want that for your marriage. And if God has to get your attention, gentlemen, about something going wrong in the marriage by not listening to your prayers, then that's what God will do. I think the person who hinders your prayers, men, when you mistreat your wife or don't show her the honor that she needs to have, is God. Why? Why would God do something like that? Because God knows that whatever you pray about, it's not as important as your marriage. There's nothing on this, in this world as important as your marriage. There's not anything in this life, on this side of heaven, that is as important as your marriage. Your marriage is something that God put together. And God hates divorce, and he hates conflict in marriage so much. He will go so far as to not listen to you when you pray about other things that may be important. But when he doesn't listen, it's a warning. Fix your marriage. Make it right. Apologize if you need to apologize. Address whatever's wrong. But you show honor to your wife. That is God's will. It's a very critical, very important thing that you do. You know, so many Christian men overlook this very fact, too, unfortunately. And I think in our day that uh, this verse almost seems to be weird. And here's what I'm getting at. Peter was writing to men, Christian men, who made prayer an important part of their lives. But I wonder if God stopped listening to some of us men, would we even notice? Because would we, do we even pray? God wants men, Christian men, to be men of prayer. And no Christian husband should presume that any good will be accomplished in his life apart from prayer. And you will not have an effective prayer life, men, 
unless you live with your wife in an understanding way, bestowing honor on her. This is not difficult. The good news here is that this is not difficult. I look at a completely different subject. In 1 Peter chapter 3, the responsibilities and the things that or I should say First Timothy chapter 3, the, the responsibilities of someone who might be called to be a pastor, and I see those prerequisites. And on the one hand, I think, goodness, you know, can, can anyone ever live up to those? Well, no, not perfectly, but some of those prerequisites are pretty easy to live up to. Uh, like, for example, one of them is, uh, Paul tells Timothy, don't appoint elders or pastors who beat up people that often, you know, Make sure they don't. Make sure, make sure they're not too pugnacious. Make sure they don't get in fistfights very often. And I think that's a pretty pretty easy standard, I would say, to uphold. And the good news about this verse that we just read, this one little verse, written to men, is that this isn't difficult either. Here's the deal: treat your wife right, and pray. That's it. Treat her right all the time and pray. That's not too hard. Take some effort. Hopefully it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to treat her right. May take a little bit of effort to pray. But that's what Peter says. Men, you want to help your wife more than anything else? Treat her right and pray. Is that something we can handle? Sure it is. Not too hard.